You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. That famous quote by the extraordinary Maya Angelou is exactly why I speak. It's why I tell my story and mix education around the topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy with motivation, inspiration, and purpose. So when you're looking for your next keynote or breakout session speaker, reach out. Find me at my website, jshiffman.com, and I promise you, your employees, your group members, the students at your school, everybody will come away having learned something. And that's how we create change. Reach out today. Spread love. Choose a struggle. Hey, y'all. Happy Monday. Welcome to a special episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a special Monday motivation episode. What you're going to hear today, as I flirted with a couple weeks ago, is the first half of a conversation with Kyle Blanks talking about the cannabis industry. Remember, Kyle was a guest earlier this season, former Major League Baseball player who now works in the cannabis industry. So uh, we talk about policy specifically in this one and, and thinking around the, the cannabis industry. I think that's a better way to say it, not just policy, but thinking you're going to get the first half this week and the second half next week. So uh, without further ado, enjoy the first half of our conversation. Uh, for, for those of you tuning in, you're going to recognize the voice that you're about to hear uh, from an earlier episode, a, a Friday episode of, of this show. And this is the first of what is hopefully going to be a series where we deep dive into the topic of cannabis. So obviously, with that goal in mind, my guest today is the person who knows more about that than anybody else in my life, and that is Kyle Blanks, Roadrunner's own Kyle Blanks, uh, the host of the Corner of the Clubhouse <coughs> podcast here on the uh, Shameless Podcast Network, and a, a really incredible resource around the topic of cannabis. Kyle, thanks for being here. Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, taking the time, and uh, I definitely think this will uh, be very successful as something to run over and over with um, kind of almost that news flash for people who have an interest beyond just uh, seeing things or hearing things. And um, a lot of that is we're just really trying to um, help unpack uh, the reality. And I think that's through our conversations and through even now your, your personal experience, seeing how it can, how it can go. Um, I think that's, uh, I think was very, very achievable. And I do think this will be pretty interesting for people to learn about. So I think the first thing is, is for those who maybe hadn't heard, uh, and those who had, in fact, I was on a call today with a, with a potential speaking client who told me that the, the episode they chose to listen to is ours, which was pretty cool. Uh, but for, for just kind of a 30-second reminder of your relationship currently to uh, the topic of cannabis. Uh, well, um, I guess uh, at the beginning, I was a consumer uh, around 2011-12 was my first experience with cannabis in general. Um, as a consumer, I guess in high school, you kind of run across it, but otherwise I never engaged it until <clears throat> I truly felt I just had no real trouble I could get into and um, kind of follow that through my career. I had periods of time where I could use it without issue. I had periods of time where I didn't use it because of the issue it would have brought up. And uh, as soon as I was done playing, I got my medical cannabis card in Arizona where I lived and really just um, 
at the end of every season, my goal was always to kind of detox from just the season. And part of that is no longer taking all the pills, which most guys have to t- like myself uh, included, always taking anti-inflammatories. Um, and that's, that's just more the constant you try and stop because you know, you're going to have to do it again. And this time knowing I was no longer going to start again, I got my medical medical cannabis card, um, you know, short of a miracle, I was basically retired. And, and so I could see what this would do for me and saw it did something amazing, but I really realized I was at the end of my career on that side of, uh, in that chapter of my life. And um, really kind of uh, just had had a nice little buffer of time after playing to really learn things from the ground up. Um, and that's beginning from the consumer side. So that is a perfect transition because what we're talking about today, as I said, listeners, this is going to be an ongoing series. And today we're going to be focusing at least what what is probably going to be a multi-part episode on cannabis policy. And so as a guy who works in this, you entered, was it 2017 or 2018 that you got in on that side? So 2017, I stopped playing and got my medical cannabis card. 2018 is when uh, I got into the industry on the hemp side. And we'll just, we'll leave it at that to be able to use that as a designation to help just clarify um, the sides. Perfect. So that is such an interesting point because that's when you really were seeing these states, you know, Colorado legalized it much earlier, but it was kind of a dead zone for a couple of years. And all of a sudden we got this renewed or a rush that we're in the middle of right now. You got in at a very interesting time. Help the listeners understand what was sort of that experience like getting into cannabis in 2018. Um, so, you know, my experience was pretty unique in that uh, it came at just a, a I guess everybody's going to insert at their own point in time. Um, mine came with uh, a l- extensive experience on the consumer side because of uh, my experience in baseball and rehabbing and now seeing this as truly a therapeutic as opposed to a recreational. It, it's, it's truly the difference of why I see it the way I see it as well as my partners and why they see it the same way. Now, Getting into the hemp side of it was because was you know inspired by um, the marijuana side, but but genuinely by coming across a lot of topical treatments like things that I had never really had a, a, an experience with in this uh, in this medium. But otherwise, I, you know, for the last twelve years, I've been rubbing things all over me to hopefully help me feel better. So knowing that. You know, I, I have now a more naturalized uh, form of that. For me, it was simply okay. This is doing what I would otherwise ask anything that I would um, be do- using in this uh, in this scenario to do. Now I'm going to continue to pursue this and see kind of where else this can help me. And and you know, even where um, I kind of inserted, I, I actually tried to get into medical cannabis in Arizona. Uh, there was a a dispensary that had a, um, uh, let's call it a flight of, of cannabis strains that you could, they basically had it structured uh, with a little bit of, of, little bit of therapeutic value in mind. Like there was something for the morning, um, there was a little bit to support that, you know, a CBD strain, a hybrid and an indica. And 
So as someone at that point who already really had an understanding of how I could use those things for myself, I, I bought, I bought just uh, basically the gram version of each to just, I'm going to put myself through a day of this and um, got through it, just documented what I felt, you know, how, like, this is how I would use it anyway. You know, it's so knowing that this was basically their top shelf offering, I, I at least could say, you know, this is what you'd shoot for. Uh, ideally, no different than than the consumable it is food or water. You'd ideally care to find the highest value of consumable you can when you can. So when it's advantageous to be able to buy the most, not necessarily the most expensive, but the best quality of, of anything, it's just, we just, we just know between you and me, it, it definitely has a, has a cost associated with it. Like that's just the nature of, when you know cannabis has gone through some crazy times where you know when it was illegal it was valued at a certain point you know as well as now um being able to kind of go through some random fluctuations uh based on um how it has those surges like you're talking about you know whether that is um throughout that time of illegality or now as we're seeing it in a, a different stage of legalization almost. And, and that's different across different states as well. So, so in Arizona at the time, was, was, it, was it medical or was it only, or I'm sorry, was it only medical or was it, was it legalized in Arizona at that time? Um, so I believe it was legalized in Arizona within the last six, let's call it six months. I'm really not okay. entirely sure so about this five years. Uh, up so until recently. then, it was medical. Yeah, very right. recently it was uh, legalized as far as recreational or adult use. When I got into it, um, you know, also kind of that, like, I, I'm like, okay, there's no way I don't qualify for this. Like, it's going to be easy to walk in and, and show them anything, scars, that, you know, like tell them, let alone, like, can I just get a, you know, walk in with an x-ray. So I go in and I get through all that, you know, they, hey, you'll have someone will call you, you know, you'll have, you'll have a, uh, a, uh, you know, basically a consultation over the phone later with the doctor. And then um, after all of that gets done, you're, you'll receive your card in like seven to 10 days. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I thought I was walking out of here with this. Like I, I was going to hit some on the way home. And so once again, one of the, one of those um, resistances you, you meet when, when your projection is like, Oh, like it took me a lot to get up the kind of the, uh, uh, really to get up the energy to go do that for myself because I was just not sure, you know, just once again, the same time, the first time I left the dispensary, I was, I thought I was going to be arrested by every cop that has a badge, you know, and that's your, your projection of it never really, you know, unfortunately, if you have the worst projection of it and it aligns with reality, that should be an anomaly. You shouldn't want that ever to be like the status quo, but it's understandable why, if that does happen, you don't have the same feelings that someone like me has who hasn't had the same resistance or, you know, never has never dealt with the same penalties that other people have for the exact same thing. So let's talk about that for a second, because obviously policy is the focus of today's discussion. So you then went to New Mexico, which was also uh, a medical state has recently become a legalized state. How has that in your experience of working in it and also going to Colorado, which I know you do a lot for, for work, how are you seeing differences in, as you just correctly or, or really expertly put it, the idea that cops are going to be busting down your door for this thing or pulling you over for this thing to now? I mean, how has that shifted over the last couple of years? 
Uh, well, I can definitely say uh, personally, um, when we farmed in 2019, uh, our goal was to help, you know, basically showcase like, look, like we, we don't want to be part of the negative. Like we do a lot to try and be proactive and stay ahead of the negativity because nobody wants to be lumped into the negative category of what they're part of. You would always care to be one of the exceptions to the rule or otherwise I'm just doing it this way, man. It sucks to know that your experience with it has not been what I would care to give you, you know, and that's, that's something that you only really get with some back and forth, you know, how can I help you or what has been your experience with this? Because personally, um, I, I met no resistance getting my med card um, in Arizona. And then that kind of, uh, when I met my business partners, current business partners, um, and my brother's friends, parents, so very good, you know, very good something to kind of have in common there, at least, you know, very, um, very good something to at least an opportunity for people to mesh well, and it happened to do that very well. But otherwise, um, as I uh, started to develop my relationship with Bob and and get a little closer to finally seeing a plant, because Bob had in New Mexico um, uh, medical uh, cannabis comes with the potential uh, if you care or the opportunity, you can pursue private production, which is your own just personal growing rights. So if you're if you're willing to go through the steps to, you know, basically get that accreditation and hold that license, it's available to you. And as someone who, you know, tried basically happened to come across a seed that was viable in something they bought, and I killed the first plant I ever tried to grow, you know, it was it was cool to really get a, a second try at this, knowing like if I listen to somebody who knows what they're doing, there's a really good chance I'll succeed because I I missed something in there that that I that's that's the reason I failed. And I think that was very encouraging meeting someone who shared with me what they were um, you know quite proficient at and had been doing for themselves for you know the better part of their life at that point because once again I haven't faced the same resistances as other people have with this plant because of my age, because of at what time in my life I engaged it, because when I first did, it was in California and it's really not a big deal. You know, there's, there's all kinds of, of, uh, you know, random uh, variables that kind of come into that experience. But otherwise, you know, New Mexico was a really big learning ground to then, um, you know, when I got here, it was like I, I found myself being in New Mexico more and going up to Colorado and being a consumer of the market and learning a lot by just, you know, I, I only go up there every now and then and uh, became more semi-regular and I started seeing differences, you know, started seeing those things like, okay, these types of, uh, of uh, cultivars are starting to turn over in dispensaries. You know, you're starting to see certain things available in certain at certain price points, you're starting to see certain things just plummet in value because the market is saturated. You're starting to see all of these crazy things relative to uh, that um, that rush, and then that's what you're kind of seeing now. Getting back to is all of these states jumping on it, and basically everyone around them who had an interest is flocking to them because now it's just a, it's an accessible industry to them. So 
that's a great point. And I think that we're seeing that now as the dominoes are falling faster than they were. Other states are trying to keep up with their neighbors and all this kind of stuff. From your work, how difficult is it for your business to sort of stay up on stuff like that because there's not one national law that says, you know, here's what's allowed here. Here's what's not, you know, I know through our conversations, you know, as you've talked to me about certain products, you're like, you know, is this available in this state? I have to go look, you know, am I allowed to do this for you? Like it's been a lot of, of you learning about this. Is that a complicated thing for your business? Um, Well, as far as, the side of it we're on, you know, we got into hemp, which was federally legalized in 2018. So our resistances really only come from those places that uh, do not allow it to the end consumer, you know, and um, I could be wrong in, in thinking now that all 50 states are okay. But otherwise, if nothing has changed since the last I really kind of dove into it, there was only four states that would not allow hemp products, even hemp derived products. So being a consumer of all of it, the being the reason we we became what we became and, and decided to uh, learn, you know, go through this experience of vertical integration to learn um, where where we best fit in and how we can now move forward. That was all a product of, you know, valuing the plant overall and understanding the differences and being willing to help educate people on those differences and why um, you need to, you know, basically just be willing to have the conversation because if you think it's all the same, it doesn't matter what information I'm bringing to you. If I can show you that it's not the same, there's a, there's a chance I can get you to try it. And there's a chance there's a, maybe you'll like it. There's a chance maybe you'll find that degree of consistency and want to participate and, that's when, you know, feeling better is up to you. So that stigma is very alive and well, obviously, that's a thing you and I talk about a lot. And I've read enough articles saying that there's this thinking that once a national, uh, you know, legalization is allowed, and especially as as currently is the case that it, for whatever reason, cannabis is still a scheduled one uh, substance from the national uh, government. Once that's removed and they, they accept the fact that there's a lot of medical benefits, that some of that stigma will go away. Obviously, there will always be some. Are, are there are there things that your company is hoping to do, you know, that you're kind of developing now with the hope that down the line you can get more into and that's available? Or are you kind of taking this thing as it goes? Um, you know, a lot of it is is trying to uh I guess really try and lay our, our potential growth and, and try and really lay out the things we want. Our, our goal is to help people. So whether that be now getting into providing edibles that are of our same product, if you've tried the tincture like you have, um, that same potential benefit is in those types of products now that otherwise are, are far less offensive to people because it's a food item now. You know, that's us being able to help but once again, a lot of this comes with education, because even if I give you something that works and educate you on it, um, you know, most of it working is predicated on you using it. You know, that's how that's why, uh, you know, our our goal from the beginning has been education and advocacy. I think you you will only gain loyalty through that, because if you have a good product to follow up with um, good, um, 
if you have a good product to follow up good information with, basically it's up to that person to figure it out for themselves. And if you provide, once again, even a framework of how to achieve that, you know, like tell talking to you, hey man, put it on like this, 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 and go for it. And, you know, not too long ago, you send me um, a text, you know, talking about how far you're running as opposed to what you are before. And it's, you definitely believe it's because of this. I believe it's probably a component, but the fact is you, your consistency is what actually helps what you believe help you actually do what you, you know, what it can, you know, you just, you believe to the point where it's like stretching before you run. If you believe it has a very good outcome, doing it over and over is probably going to help, especially if it just actually helps. So I, I guess my, my, my follow-up question to that is because there's so much garbage in the, in the history of cannabis, you know, what does advocacy and education actually look like? And, and, and you've sent me pictures from you talking to these organizations or, you know, trying to get them to, to, to carry your brand and use your brand. And is it, I guess my question would be what percentage of what you're talking to people about right now is dispelling myths and what part is actually educating on what is capable? Um, it depends on who you're talking to because you have to be able to read the person who, you know, where are they coming from with that disbelief or resistance and, or, you know, some people are coming with just flat neutrality, which is really cool because they are just willing to learn, you know, most people who are opposed to it have have what they believe is already their the accurate projection of what would happen to them or how it's going to go. That's like, to me, that's where I'll always challenge someone. It's like, I understand if you if you think I'm lying to you, but if you believed I'm I'm not lying, you just this is something new. I could challenge anyone to you know if you were, you know if you're engaging me because you want this to relax. Let's say that's what you were thinking. You know, my thought is, why are you more comfortable doing it with something like alcohol than this? You know, at a certain point, you had to figure out why that action had that outcome you were pursuing. And more importantly, does it have a collateral benefit or damage to you if you overuse it, underuse it? You know, like what's the what's the value of it as a consumable for what you're you're trying to use it for? And that's that I will tell anybody is an, is a measure of education and experience. You know, d data is the product of experience. Like you have to put yourself through something. Uh, also, you know, couple that with with a bit of self awareness or the ability to articulate how you feel to other people, so they can help you paint that picture. But if you already know what it's going to do without listening to to somebody explain uh, something different to you it doesn't matter what they tell you, you know, and that's why I say, like, I say the same thing to everybody. And, and basically the first thing is what's your experience with it or what are you looking to get out of this? Because if you're looking for a cure for anything, I will tell you, I don't know where to find anything like that, but I, I can tell you, this seems to be an incredible tool for people who really want to participate. And I, you have to talk to me. So I have some information about how you are participating, let alone how you would want to or care to, because if, you know, anytime someone explains to me that I don't have the time or I, I just, I don't, I don't have a good time to use it, you know, as well as I do, that is absolutely not true. It doesn't, it simply doesn't take the time 
you think it does, which once again, that may not be your fault, but you also think it's going to do something to you that it won't. And I can't tell you what it exactly will do for you, but I can tell you if you don't, uh, if you were to follow a direction on the dosing that I would suggest, I, I would I would argue there's there's a very, very, very small chance for a, an adverse reaction. And most of that's because we, if you have no experience with it, we really need to see where you're at. That's why that's the problem with people going to a recreational uh, you know uh, type establishment and buying the biggest thing and eating it because that shit does taste good, but it's not going to go good for you later. And unfortunately, I think everybody needs to experience that. Because that is truly, if you don't understand the measure of, of what you shouldn't do with this, you'll almost certainly never understand the measure of what you should do with it. And that takes education and experience. Yeah, everybody's got the the story of the time they thought they knew what they were taking. And, oh, boy, they did not. No, um, absolutely. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about my recent experience of that, of of <laughs> with trying Delta 8 out, which is a new, and well, not new. It's, it's, it's an old, new in popularity strain or, 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 or um, uh, breakdown of cannabis. So, you know, it, actually, that's a leads me to my, my next question for you. As someone who has a deep interest in this and, and follows this very closely, as you know, because you and I talk about it almost daily, uh, it's very hard to stay up to date with the latest policy changes around cannabis. Like I said earlier, you know, every state's doing their own thing. How hard is that for your business to be like, all right, you know, we kind of have to monitor this on a day-to-day basis to know what we're able to do? Or are you comfortable playing in your, your corner of, you know, the Southwest and just being confident in what is available to you down there? Um, well, a lot of things, I will say your, your perspective can change when you go through a, an experience of providing something for yourself. So when I first was able to smoke something I grew for myself, it gave me an entirely different understanding of what I was buying and when I was buying it after that. And that's, that hasn't stopped since, you know, 2018. I don't remember exactly when I helped pull down my first plant. And, um, I mean, once again, things I just don't really pay attention to, but otherwise, um, I think if you don't have those types of experiences is to marry you to the, to the plant or to gauge where you are with it, you know, kind of like, what is it you're willing to uh, engage with? Because typically, you know, the, the industry itself is so compartmentalized growers things because it's gotten so big, you know, vertical integration is a, is, is typically going to be a reflection of either small and mighty or large and just you're eating loss, you know, small and very efficient or large and, you know, large and you have margins that um, basically engage a little bit of like, eh, like we're going to lose something, but we're hitting everybody kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think you, you, given what we are in, you know, our policy is federal. So personally, we, we get to keep an eye on the different states and, and other than some of the slight uh, variables between them, you know, um, adult use is fairly, is going to, going to have similarities across the board. You know, um, it's not that it's going to be, uh, have, have maybe potentially even glaring differences in, in certain places, but otherwise those, those differences are going to be pretty slight to the fact that it's all running pretty much the same way. You know, that compartmentalization, mostly because of the size aspect and people's, you know, um, 
you know, the first time you get to go to a dispensary, you may be talking to somebody who has less plant experience than you do. That's, that's not even, you know, anything more than what it is. But if somebody who's suggesting something for you has less experience with this than you do, that's going to be a, a difficult thing to process when you, they haven't asked you how you feel or what's your experience or what's your, you know, what do you do? That's, that's exactly like walking into um, the cage and being told to hit like this or being sitting in the chair and being told to think like this. So that's such a great point, and, and that's something that you and I laugh about a lot because uh, – so for the listeners, the, my recent story was I walked into a CBD store here in, in Philly, the, a new one for the first time, and the woman was so helpful, but – I felt like if you know the the Ron Swanson moment in Parks and Rec where he walks into Home Depot and tells the salesman, I know more than you do, you know, she was she was basically giving me this long rundown and I kept wanting to be like, I, I, I know, I, I know, I know. I yes, I know. And it was it was Kyle and I've laughed about that a lot. So that's something that's very, I think, um different about the cannabis industry and the uh alcohol industry, right? We don't expect our local bartender or that's a that's a bad example because they usually do know but like our, our local waiter right to know the real intricate differences between you know types of liquor or or, or even brands of whiskey right that's i think a good example or, or beer which can be a very broad spectrum and that can be okay because you know the result's gonna be the same thing unless you're <laughs> unless you're thinking you're drinking beer and you're actually drinking whiskey like that's a big difference, right? But with cannabis, that is not the same. You need to know what you're selling. So as someone who is in this industry, how well like how do you try to educate people about this is what this is? You need to like be very specific about this product. Um, so, you know, I basically, if I'm talking to somebody, if they walk into the store, um, you know, how can I help you? What are you here for? What are, you know, cause you know, asking the right sequence of questions is going to help you help them. Like I'm here to help you find what you need, but I don't know what you need until you help me, help me, you know? And that's like, I could easily just hand someone CBD and tell you like, yeah, do use it, use it like this. And you may you know, start to see a difference for yourself. But a lot of that's going to be in your ability to do it over and over and find a, a routine with it. Um, anything else in there in our store, it's a supplement, a vitamin, a, you know, protein. It's the same conversation. You know, if you want to have a better quality of, of life, you have to evaluate those inputs and, you know, basically put yourself through that, that monotonous routine to see what is working and how it's working for you. And that's, you know, um, a lot of that I have, I have learned comes with just basically asking someone how they feel and sharing whatever experience you may have that as, as close to that as possible. And with the, with the caveat and understanding of I'm not you, so you're going to have to, this is as close to that as I can understand um, that I have shared in that type of uh, pain or discomfort or whatever that is. And this is what helped me, or this is what I do when I experience that, like, pro, like probiotics, probiotics have changed my life. And it's, it's not like, Hey, I want to do an infomercial. It's just, if you stop using them, you feel a difference, but I can't explain to somebody what that difference is entirely because it's been such a like ubiquitous part of my life for so long now that same thing with CBD. It's just, you have to let me know where you're at so I can uh, kind of put this into your routine for the day. 
you know, here's, here's a sample. It will take, if you went into the bathroom right now and put it on, it would take a whole few minutes. And then you could see that other than trying this in this scenario, the rest of this day is totally exactly how you've done every other day. So if you notice a difference in how it feels to drive around in your car or walk around and do whatever housework, there's probably a safe bet that if you can try and create those types of experiments with consistency, you'll notice if it's actually doing it for you or not. And I stand behind what I do because I want to help people and I genuinely believe our products work. So that's awesome because you know what you're selling, but sort of to my question, <laughs> the average person behind a bud, a bud, the average bud tender, you know, they don't have the knowledge you do. And the, and the average consumer doesn't have the money nor the time to buy a bunch of different strains and a bunch of different products to test it out. You have to at least be able to narrow it down a little bit. So how can somebody listening, because there isn't a policy or even a sec, um, you know, list, right? It's not like if I walk into to dispensary X and dispensary Y, they're going to have the same mm -hmm. thing. How can someone do their research? How can someone get knowledgeable on this before they go in and pick a strand or pick a product? Um, you know, some of, some of what that's going to be is probably talking to the person in front of you. Um, some of it's going to be the willingness to dive in like you would, if I handed you a bottle of something you wanted to try, like everybody does and understands that's what I've understood is cannabis offers such a, a, a has such a valuable therapeutic aspect to it. Should you participate in that way? It also parallels alcohol in that most people use it um, in in a way that challenges their palatable reality for the you know next five hours, whatever the fuck it is. So that's that's what I've seen as the resistance is trying to help people requires a lot more help than than challenging them on, dude. I, I bet this will knock you out, dude. Like that's that's the funny thing I've learned to engage. So knowing that. Um, a lot of that's going to be, you have to really under, let's say, uh, you know, go look in the mirror and it's not to see what you look like, but okay, what am I trying to achieve? What is it I'm looking to get out of this? Because it's not going to do something it can't do. And if your perspective isn't in the right place, you're going to, for one, it may not get you high the first time, as I've heard, that's very common. It may, I also believe if you get the right thing and have the right mindset, there's a very reasonable expectation you might get really high. So but a lot of that is for someone like me who consumes it so regularly, I mean, if you're not impaired, you know, the term high is very subjective as someone who functions very, very much the same, whether on or off now because of understanding why I'm not smoking at this current moment in time or consuming, but I almost always have our products all over me, you know, or I'm using a tincture or something like that. So a lot of it comes with, you, you know, if even if that is only spending $20, what can you achieve for yourself for $20? What is it you can get out of that $20? Because same thing with what I do. I know if you're willing to spend money on it, my job is to help educate you on on what is it you'd like to see happen? How would you like to try and achieve that? And can we do it with your budget? Like, you know, can you buy an edible for $20? I absolutely bet you can you just got to go to the right place. And you're just probably going to get one try at it. But if you think about if you go about it the right way, this might be the doorway to why you start to divert more money to this and less money to other things. 